0: Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in I lose you That's a boss move, maneuver, billionaire, entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer. put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer
1: Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me, I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host Will. I'm joined here by my co-host Jaron. What is up, guys? Today we are joined here with Chris, or as you guys probably popularly know him as um, Fire Jason Kidd or Fire Mark Cuban in all caps on Twitter as his uh, profile name. You guys may know him on that. You may have seen him at games this year. You may have heard the buzz kind of going around with him. This guy has been, had some run-ins with security at the AAC. He's got a lot of cool stories from this season, though. And despite some of the things that he's encountered um, with the AAC security staff, he's been a respectful guy um, in all aspects of going to these games. And, you know, we had a chance to talk to him, before him beforehand. It, it was a pretty glowing conversation. And, you know, we wanted to do a more of a little lighthearted episode before we knock out some of these player profiles. And we thought, you know, who – who better to bring on the mainstream mass podcast? Let a guy really get to tell his story. He had a crazy story at the end of the year that involved Mark Fowler, Slovenians, uh, a lot of other stuff. He, he's been an NBA sort of aficionado since, I mean, the '90s. He's been going to games, but he recently became a mass fan, and it's a really cool interview. Uh, we got a lot of cool uh, digs that you guys are going to be hearing in this one. Uh, did you want to speak to any of the stuff uh, that the? uh, the mainstream as listeners are about to hear, uh, when they listen to this podcast, Jaren.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I figured we'd put on a little lighthearted episode for the fans here. Uh, one, you know, that might get us just feeling a little bit better about this abysmal season, but it it was definitely some cool stories. Uh, had some run-ins with officials and also just some run-ins with, you know, team security and, uh, you know, of course the AAC security. Uh, and of course that story with Mark Followell. I'm hoping he's going to get into that a little bit more, but that was a, Really cool story as he had some, uh, you know, good few-day run-ins with some Slovenians uh, during that Chicago game, which was, of course, Slovenian night. And, of course, Mark will followed him along with it. So I, I think it was just some good lighthearted stories, something to, you know, curate going into this offseason. And uh, it was definitely a fun conversation to have.
1: Yes, well, Mr.
2: Fire Mark Cuban, even though Mark Cuban is the owner,
1: aka Chris, he is going to be joining us here for this interview of course but before he does that here's an ad from our sponsor spotify for podcasters all right guys we are back we are joined here with chris aka fire jason kid slash fire mark cuban chris what is up man
0: what's going on fellas uh thanks for having me on man i really appreciate it i love to just uh share some stories man and some fun math stuff so Really, really, really excited to be on with you guys, man, for real.
1: Yeah, no, most definitely, man. We're excited to have you here. So first off, Chris, um, for those of you that don't know, Chris actually didn't become a MASS fan until very recently. Chris, how did you become a MASS fan? Because you moved over from the West Coast a while back. How did that process kind of unfold?
0: Yeah, so two years ago, almost two years ago, my wife and I, with my mother-in-law and my two kids, we all... We're part of a mass exodus out of California, like so many. Right? We thought we thought we caught the uh, last boat out of town, but um, it's still a lot of people coming from California. So we were part of that 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 movement coming over. And um, I grew up on Kobe, Shaq, Lakers at Staples Center. Like that's when I started going to NBA games when I was in my 20s, probably like 1999. Um, around then 98, 99 started going to like Kobe Shaq Laker games and would probably go to like five, 10 games a year during that stretch. Um, and just fell in love with seeing NBA live and, and cheering for your team and, and, you know, seeing all the different teams come to town and stuff. So just developed like a deep love for, for NBA basketball. So when we came out to Texas, right, there was a lot going on in life. I wasn't necessarily thinking about what am I going to do to consume NBA when I get to Texas? So we were actually here already when I was like, Oh shit, what am I going to do to consume NBA basketball in Texas? And I was like, Oh, the Mavericks. And I was like, Oh shit, Luca's in his prime right now. I like, wow. I could see Luca play and I could see a bunch of teams come to town. Still not even considering myself a Mavs fan at this point. Right. Like we just got to town. Right. So go on the Mavs website to see like, ah, let me see what's up on like a 10 game package, right? Let let, Let me see what they got going on. So went on the Mavs website, filled out a form on there, basically just to get more information. Somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, we do this really cool thing called pick your seat day, where bring you, your family, whoever you wanna bring, and you can walk around the arena and you can see what seats are available, what packages are available. Right. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Didn't have any pricing yet. So we get there. My wife, me, my two little ones at the time were probably six and four, my son and my daughter. And they let us go on the court. They let us run around down there. My kids were running and flipping up the seats courtside and like pretending like they were shooting hoops. and, And we were just had a great time. And I saw the prices for Dallas Mavericks basketball. And I was just coming from Southern California. And granted, I only had season tickets once and had to split it with three other people and couldn't do it the next year in in, uh, Southern California. So it's not like I come from a long line of having season tickets or anything like that. Uh But I'm just telling you that Lakers tickets for the season are probably right around three and a half to four X what they are for Mavericks so i was i was stunned by how much value it looked like there was to me so i ended up doing a whole season which i had no intention of doing a whole season still not a mavs fan right go to the first preseason game with my son who's at, uh, again 4 at the time we're sitting in our seats and the first basket the mavs score i'm like well shit if we're coming to games like i'm i'm going to be cheering for the home team right like So I just looked at my son and I was like, I guess, I guess I'm a Mavs fan. Like, I guess we're Mavs fans, buddy. And uh, at halftime, we went and bought some stuff on clearance um, down in the hangar, you know, like the the gift shop at the Mavs game. And since then, just been a Mavs fan and just been enjoying NBA basketball. And uh, I will tell you the first preseason game, I kind of forgot JB. Like some people could call me a casual Before I got to Dallas, just I wasn't paying as much attention to the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like people get older. I got two kids. I'm in my 40s. Like I didn't know everything that was going on in the league. But the first preseason game, JB, and I know that's a tough subject right now. Jalen Brunson, (laughs) a lot of people, right? But JB made a basket in the preseason game. And I just, just instinct, I just said baller. As soon as he made his first shot, I just went baller. And, like, that was a thing I did with JB the whole time. I'm not yelling it, but just to me watching the game, just, like, baller, right? And I remembered his time at Villanova because I was watching more college basketball back then. And I remember just being, like, like damn, JB's a leader, like, a dude you would love to have in your locker room, and he's just a flat-out baller, okay? I didn't know about his struggles against the Clippers and why some people didn't think he was the guy. I didn't know much about his NBA journey, but I saw him make one basket in preseason immediately remembered him from Villanova. and was like, Oh, that's right. I have seen him on the Mavericks, you know, watching some Clippers, you know, playoff games and stuff. Um, but gosh, we won't get into that man, but just like the eyeball test tells you that JB is a baller and a dude that you want
2: on your team. So
1: 100%, 100%.
0: that's, that's how we became Mavs fans right there. Yeah.
2: Now, nah, so real quick, just like a question out of curiosity, like how, how different I guess is like the market space or just like the game atmosphere compared to like Laker games and Mavericks games. Cause I know, you know, the pricing of it, you just said is much different. Like, I do know that there's a, a huge media surrounding around the Lakers. Like that's obvious, uh, like, just being a fan or a former fan of the Lakers, like, what's, I guess, what's kind of the difference of, like, Los Angeles and Dallas?
0: Well, like, one of the things I think that I've noticed about Dallas, and and part of it is the reaction that I've gotten going to games and kind of my bit and the just my my crazy energy sometimes, man, gets, gets me in trouble a little bit here in Dallas. Where, like, in L.A., that wasn't really, like, I mean, I went wild at some Lakers games for years growing up there. And just having fun. I I mean, like, not everybody likes the bit, but like, I just have a ton of fun at games, right? So like, that's my energy. I'm not trying to uh, disrupt anything. I'm just there to enjoy NBA basketball and just have a good time, right? So like, that's the energy I'm on. And sometimes it comes with yelling stuff that I think is funny or like amuses me, right? But like, the reaction is, 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 is different here a little bit to some of that stuff. And then I think here, the way that the media seems to let Mark Cuban, Nico Harrison, and Jason Kidd completely off the hook, right? Like if this was a big market, these guys would be getting crucified. Like every day they would be getting hammered out here. The questions that they're gonna get asked in a bigger market, Are like follow-up questions, right? Like, hey, wait a second, that question didn't make sense. I'm calling you on that because I'm a journalist and I'm a reporter and you're bullshitting, but like doing it in a professional way, I guess, right? Like there's a certain level of accountability that is just different here where it just seems like it's a free pass. Maybe 2011 covers all sins, right? And it's just like, there's so much goodwill built up for Mark Cuban and Jason Kidd that I think overall, like the Dallas media is just so soft on those guys and not willing to kind of be tough with them, which I'm not used to in the market that I grew up in, you know?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, conversely, like there are some times that, you know, some of the fans would argue that it actually works out good. Like, you know, with the whole Kyrie situation, everybody is like clamoring for all the Dallas media guys to not ask certain questions and all this, but – I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if we were looking back just these last few years, I really ever since the championship, there definitely has been maybe just a certain sort of like yielding from some of these journalists where they're kind of holding themselves back. uh, And you can kind of tell at times, but, you know, besides that, you kind of talked about some of the just crazy game experiences you've had and the amount of fun you like to have at uh, some of these games. What would you say is your one of your um, crazier experiences at a game? Um, I guess we can go before the Mavericks and uh, since you've been a Mavericks fan. Okay, so
0: this one is one I don't get to share that often. It's probably been a while since I told this one. I actually tried to tell it to somebody today, but just it didn't, it didn't end up happening. Long story, I went to a 97-1, the freak. Uh, thing that was ten minutes from my house this morning. These two guys were doing a draft show, so I went up there and hung out. And um, I, I was about to tell somebody the story and didn't get the chance to. Hey, so we're I'm sure actually sure glad that I get to tell you guys here. Yes, so this Like this is like 2002, right? And I had this little hustle where I could find tickets for Laker games. Like two, three days before the game, some tickets would get released on Ticketmaster. Usually not great seats. Sometimes maybe like behind a basket in the in the lower bowl. And by the way, Staples Center, which I'm just will always call it that, whatever it's called now with the crypto, but to me it's always Staples Center, is almost a carbon copy of American Airlines Center as far as how it's set up, right? So like, almost exact. So I would go to usually up in the 300s, right? That's where I'm at. That's where I was born at. Up in the 300s. With the real fans up there, you know, 20 years old, not able to get tickets, you know, maybe in 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 closer sections. So I could find, I could find like four tickets up in the 300s. I could buy them on Ticketmaster, and then I could sell them for like three, four x in a one day eBay auction. And so I would flip tickets. You know, maybe it happened 10, 12 times a year where I could get tickets and then. Resell them. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to get a ticket for me and one of my other friends that's normally broke, like I was back then, right? Mm -hmm. And try to go to a game with somebody. Sometimes would end up at the games by myself. But this particular day, the Lakers were playing the Dallas Mavericks, which is another reason I love this story, man. So they had Jawan Howard, Sean Bradley, Eduardo Nahara, they had Dirk, right? Because it's like 2002 right? So Dirk yeah, yeah, was, yeah, was definitely on that team. Yeah, I found a single ticket on Ticketmaster like two days before the game, literally two rows right behind the Mavericks bench. And that's I just crazy. could not believe it. And I found a single ticket up in the 300s for my buddy Drew. Shout out Drew down. That's that's my buddy right there, man. We, we've been through some stuff at some NBA games. <laughs> So he went with me. He had binoculars with him. He goes to his seat in the 300s. I go down. I've never been this close to the floor ever. And like I'm seeing Shaq up close. I'm seeing Sean Bradley like it's blowing my mind. But I'm also already on having fun at games and being vocal, even though, again, I'm probably maybe 23 at this time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I looked at the Mavericks roster and was like, who can I give shit to? Right. Yeah. And again, you'll see that maybe it crosses the line a little bit, but like, I don't know. There was a video that came out tonight where a fan was getting into it with Russell Westbrook. You see some of these fans recently that have been arguing with like LeBron or like talking nasty shit to Kyrie. Like I'm not on that type of energy, right? Like I feel like what I do is in a completely different lane than the guy that's like, you suck. And saying stuff about people's families and just like crossing the line and and getting personal and like really mean spirited. I don't think I do that at all. I think I do something that's funny. Most people enjoy it. Sometimes it's a little bit aggressive. Okay. So that's, that's my disclaimer. So (laughs) two rows right behind the Mavs bench. And I look at the roster and I'm like, who can I give shit to? And I see Juwan Howard. And I'm like, dude, Jawan Howard, I think he signed like a I don't know a 4 year 120 some big contract back then. I don't know exactly what it was, but I remember being like he's not even playing. Like he's just sitting on the bench with that big ass contract. I'm going to I'm going to say overpaid, no talent, right? I don't know where it came from, but I was like I'm going to chant that shit. Yes, you can make an argument that's kind of being a dick, right? But like that's so much fun for me to do that and just have fun and say some stupid shit and just go and have a crazy experience. And that's how i like to enjoy myself. So I get down there early on, when it's quiet, I don't have to yell loud. They're like 10 feet away. And I'm like, Juwan Howard overpaid, no talent. And he's looking back at me. And so like, I probably did it one or two times a quarter throughout, throughout the game. Like I'm not doing it all the time but maybe once or twice a quarter, I'm, I'm doing it, right? So halftime comes, and I see that in the row behind me is Fred Couples, the, the oh, golfer. Yeah, yeah. You guys might be too young to know who Fred Couples is, but back in 2002, Fred Couples was, was balling, right? Like <laughs> yeah, people knew who he was. This game was in like March. So the Masters is coming up yeah. in April, right? So it's halftime. I get out of my seat. And I just walk into his row and just walk up to him. I don't really say anything and probably till I get close. So he's kind of looking at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? Cause he's heard me having fun with Juwan Howard. And I just walk up and shake his hand. And I'm like, Hey man, really nice to meet you. Good luck at the masters. Like, Hey, I'm a big fan, you know, so get to meet golfer Fred couples. Then I go hang out with my buddy drew Remember, Drew's up in the 300 section with some binoculars. Yeah. And I meet up with him and he says, Bro, I met all these people in the section. We're looking at you with the binoculars. Like, and it was such a good seat. And he was such a good friend of mine. I said, Bro, you have to sit there for the third quarter. Like, you have to experience that. I said, But dude, I've been giving Jawan Howard shit. Um, I was messing with Eduardo Nahara, but I, I just made him laugh. I was going, Nahara and he was kind of chuckling one time Sean Bradley was taking up two seats and I was like and Eduardo Nahara was trying to sit down and he was looking and I was like Bradley give the man a seat you know and he looked they both looked at me and laughed and Sean Bradley moved over so like I'm having so much fun I gotta let Drew sit in the seat for the third quarter but I tell him you have to give Juwan Howard shit That's the only caveat. If I let you sit there, you have to keep it going. So I get up there. I see all the guys that he met and we're up there partying, high-fiving. I get the binoculars and I look at Drew and this fool is just sitting in his seat, just jaw on the floor. (laughs) The whole third quarter, (laughs) the whole third quarter didn't say a word to anybody. And I meet up with him after the third quarter. And I was like, Bro, I could see you with the binoculars. You weren't saying shit, right? <laughs> so I go back down for the fourth quarter and I watch the rest of the game. The Lakers win. I don't remember anybody's stat line, but I do remember Jawan Howard when they were getting their stuff. And I'm, I, it's the game's over and I'm still like, I give him one more overpaid, no talent. And he starts doing this, scratching <laughs> his head, man, and just all at me for like, 10 seconds and security didn't say shit to me. They knew that like, I don't think that anybody there thought I was being malicious or like, you could probably say that's disrespectful. You could make an argument, but I don't think it's against any fan conduct rules. And for me, it comes from a good place of just having fun. I don't got nothing against Juwan Howard. He just happened to be the dude on the roster that I was like, Oh (laughs) shit, I'm going to give him a hard time today. Right. Right. And just went and had a bunch of fun, man. So that's, that's one of my, my best memories being at Staples Center back back during that era, you know, of, of, of the Kobe Shack. I got some other stuff with Kobe Gasol yeah. later, being able to see that come through and seeing uh, Kobe hit a game winner. This was New Year's Day 2010. I'm up in the 300s and on some homemade weed brownies right, it tasted terrible, but did the job, and I'm up there with somebody, and it was her first Laker game ever, and the Lakers are down by, like, 20 in the third quarter, and I just said, hey, they do this all the time, Kobe will bring them back, like, Lakers got this, almost like that, they start playing better, they come back, down by two, barely leaves his fingertips, three-pointer, at the buzzer, Kobe, all net, the place goes absolutely crazy and like just everybody's losing their mind and just like some bucket list shit. I saw Kobe drop a three at the buzzer and I saw Luca do it against the Celtics and it gave me flashbacks. Last season, my first year with tickets, when Luca hit that, man, I just had flashbacks of the place just absolutely erupting. So I just got to love NBA
1: basketball, and I got so many good, fun memories, man. Yeah, no, those are some crazy stories, to say the least, man. But, I mean, I think in regards to, you know, the whole thing with you kind of, you know, really being able to distinguish the line between, you know, is this too much for me to do as a fan? Is this, uh, you know, going over or breaching uh, the sort of uh, players uh, circle? You know, I I do think, you know, with that, how much publicity that's got nowadays, uh, that's obviously kind of an important thing uh, that we definitely, you know, try to, you know, respect these guys' personal lives, you know, don't get at them for stupid shit and things like that. But, I mean, I, I see, like, from all the things you've told me, man, you really haven't done anything malicious at these games. Heckling, you know, versus actually personally attacking is a huge distinction, And and, I mean, I think you stayed on the safe side of that, man. So um, I mean, I, it's a, it's a fine line. Yeah. It's a fine
0: line. And I, I feel like it may not seem like it, but I feel like I have a decent amount of self-awareness. Right. And I do understand that not everybody likes the energy when I yell loudly at a game, fire Mark Cuban. Like I've been going to NBA games, like I said, for almost 25 years. I know Right where that line is at and what is allowed and what isn't, you know, it's not like I studied the code of conduct, but I understand if I'm not cussing, if I'm not like personally attacking somebody and like being like malicious or like mean spirited, like if I'm not doing that, then they really, I think, are going to let me get away with some stuff. I'm I'm actually, again, it may not seem like it, but I feel like I'm actually respectful of the people in my section because I understand that they're there to have an experience right I'm not trying to ruin other people's experience just so I can yell some stupid shit right like I enjoy it so much and usually the people in my section for the most part laugh people come up and high-five me sometimes and it's just like we're there having a good time enjoying the NBA game we're talking a little shit the team deserves for us to talk a little shit, right? And, like, at a certain point, like, I'm just going to give it to you if you're the home team and this is what you've done for the last two years. Like, I want my voice to be heard and I express it differently than some people. Yeah. Other people don't express it the same way. And that's OK. Like, I don't mind what other people do. I don't think I'm doing anything that is ruining people's good time. Right. So, like, for me, it's just about having a fun experience and then the Mavericks deserve to have some people loud and vocal about what they've done the last, the last year, really.
1: I Um, I think that's irrefutable for sure. So, I mean, just kind of going hand in hand with that. You obviously got the fire Jason kid shirt on right now, repping it out here. And, you know, we got the sign in the background. This is your whole prerogative. This is kind of how you got your sort of notoriety on Mavs Twitter. Um, How did the movement start? And, uh, what uh Do we have any future plans for the movement? You know, it turned into the Fire Mark Cuban movement, of course, and, you know, you've been at games. How's it started? Uh, how has how the movement gone this right. season? Right. Okay. So
0: this this is a lot of fun for me, too, man, because last season became a Mavs fan, started going to games, enjoying it, and when – I will tell you this. The first game, the first regular season game, okay, I'm a Mavs fan at this point. I got my gear. I'm all in, right? The first game of the regular season, they got blown out by almost thirty on the road by the Atlanta Hawks. And I called my buddy. We're talking, and I said, "Dude, Jay Kidd is not the guy. This is his first as coach. You cannot lose by thirty like that's. I'm not saying you have to win the game or like you're, you're 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 done." But to lose in that fashion, your first game with your troops, like, and I just was like, dude, there's no way. There's absolutely no way that you lose by 30 to the Hawks and you're the guy. Having not really known a whole lot about what happened in Milwaukee, wasn't paying enough attention at the time to be like that deep and to see what was happening with coaches in Milwaukee, you know, as far as my fandom at the time, but just was like, there's no way that he can be the guy. So in December last year, they were 16 and 18 going into like the started at some point in December last year, there were 16 wins, 18 losses. Right. And I went to the game with my cousin, Tyler from Springfield, Missouri, shout out Tyler, me and him raged for a couple of days, man, while he was out here going to games. He was out here for like two weeks and we went to like three or four games and, and had some wild, wild times this night. They were down by, like, 15 to the Pelicans. I think had lost to the Pelicans a couple games before. And this is, like, when they're at their worst of of last season, right? So, fourth quarter, we sneak down to the seventh row um, on the other side of where the benches are at. So, like, where they come out of the tunnel and then go into the tunnel. We're, like, more over there. We get
2: into
0: into the seventh row. It's, like, I want to say it's, like, section 107 maybe. we snuck down to and um, i used to have a a cool little thing where i could sneak around and i had like this whole system that you know i'd be happy to give to somebody else but now that they know who i am i can't really get away with it's a beautiful system on how to find yourself in lower seats right my my season seats are good though don't get me wrong but sometimes you want to sometimes you want to explore and move around a little bit you know especially when you see tons of empty seats yes yeah. you know so some of these fourth quarters so anyways we get down there i'm i'm having a good time and fourth quarter i stand not maybe i think maybe i did i stood up and yelled fire jason kid and it was like the first time that i yelled something that loud at a maps game right and then just sat back down a couple people laughed nobody really cared they're getting blown out by the pelicans they're under 500 right nobody cares And then I just thought to myself fire Mark Cuban and it just struck me funny, right? It struck me funny because he's the owner and you can't fire the owner, right? So I know people like to tell me that and that's part of the reason I love it so much is that people always try to tell me that you can't fire the owner, okay? I know that, that's why I thought of it. That's why I thought it was clever and that's why I yelled it at this game in December, right? Fire Mark Cuban just thought it was funny. Whatever sat back down. Nobody, there was no real reaction except for then this guy behind me, probably, I don't know, mid twenties. He's with three other people. They're probably all in their mid twenties. And um, you know, like a nicer shirt, you know, trying to paint the picture. I don't know. A little stuffier maybe. (laughs) Right. And he was like, "Uh, Hey buddy, I'm pretty sure you can't fire the owner. Right. And I was like, Holy shit. It's funnier than I thought. Like, (laughs) to get that real reaction. Right. So I yelled it maybe one, maybe two more times. Right. So maybe two or three times during the fourth quarter yelled fire Mark Cuban. And every time this guy was snickering to his buddies, like, dude, he's the owner, bro. You can't fire the owner. And like that shit to me was so funny that if it wasn't for that guy's reaction, I don't think I would have done it as much as I did. Right. Yeah. That shit was just so funny to me. Right. So that game though, as the players are coming off the court, Luca was playing like shit then. And I was probably too new of a Mavs fan to, to do this to Luca. I said, I wasn't gonna have any Lucas slander on the podcast tonight. Right. I told, I told a guy on Twitter, no Lucas slander tonight, but he was playing like shit he obviously wasn't giving an effort. This is when people thought he was still overweight. Yeah. And like, yeah. again. Yeah the the eyeball test tells you sometimes like dude ain't giving his best effort right now. You know what I mean? And so it, it happened in this game. He's coming off the court and I said, I need better Luca. That's not good enough. I need better. Right. He, he doesn't even flinch. He's walking and then Jay kids coming off the court and like, they for sure hear me based on where we're at and how much the noise level is low. Right. Like yeah. thousand percent, they hear me and Jay kid walks by. And I said, that's not good enough, coach. That is not good enough. Like super loud. He hears me. And I was just like, oh shit, that was so much fun. They deserve it. Right. And they both responded starting in January, didn't they? And the Mavs went on a magical run. Some would say there were some other factors, but you know, sometimes maybe yelling and being like, that shit's not good enough. I need better you know, maybe, maybe I helped turn the map season around and, and I'll probably never get the credit, but I was in the building and I let them know that shit wasn't, wasn't good enough for me.
2: No. Yeah. Like I that see, that's the kind of friendship that I respect. Like, you know, just having a good time, chopping it up, uh, you know, giving some shit where it needs to be. And like, look, I mean, I know that like this season, there was plenty of shit to be said. This is, you know, notably like you've gotten really popular over the last few weeks, just because of what You've been doing around the team, and of course, you know, that sour end to the season like you gained a lot of notoriety and popularity within Twitter, uh, and especially the Mavericks' Twitter. I, I guess, you know, one thing that you know we talked more off air, uh, was that last sort of uh two games or the sort of uh night that you had with the Slovenians. I guess if you want to talk about that, you know, now that we're recording and everything, I think it'd be yeah. a time to do so. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I would say the 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 last three games of the Maverick season, which is a, a five day span, was yeah. maybe some of the wildest five days of my entire life. Like just so much fun and 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 just so incredible. But just before we get there, I want to go back a little further when I was just on Mavs Twitter, some back and forth stuff. I did end up changing my name on Twitter to Fire Mark Cuban after yelling at it a couple of games and yeah, having yeah. Having some fun with it. um, And then last season in the playoffs, when they went down 2-0 to the, or 0-2 to the Suns, I don't know why, and I just said, fuck it, I'm wearing my Dinwiddie jersey backwards to game three. Like, I, I'm wearing it backwards. I don't know why, but the energy is shit, and I want to be part of shifting the energy in this series, and I'm just going to rock it backwards, because for some reason that feels like the right thing to do, right? So I did it in game three did it in game four and some people kind of saw it on twitter or like i met some people at the game that then followed me or whatever and like i got a few followers then and just had a good time with it ended up selling my two season tickets and buying a ticket like four rows behind the maps bench for game six of the series against the suns and was down there with the backwards Dinwiddie and a bunch of people saw it on tv because i'm right there and so I actually wore it backwards to all three games in that series. And again, did I have, did I play a part? I mean, of course I did. I rocked <laughs> yeah. the with
2: backwards to
0: three <laughs> games, including four rows behind the bench. Like that that series needed to shift, and I had a lot of fun, obviously, going and raging and having a good time at, at all three of those games. Right. So this year. I yelled fire Mark Cuban at a game, which is against the heat on a Friday night. Right. And I was there with a buddy. And this is probably the most aggressive I had been at this point, as far as two or three times a quarter, I wait till they're shooting free throws and it gets quiet. And I, I try not to do it when the Mavs are in the middle of a free throw, but sometimes that's the quietest that it is. Right. But I just find maybe two or three times a quarter where like the level's just perfect. And I can like, I don't know, man, because I've been at so many games. I just like I could hear the hum and I just know exactly when to when to let one go. Right. So I went to. So at that game, I did it two or three times a quarter. There was a guy there that was not happy with it. There was another guy that was visibly upset and told me three times that I can't fire the owner. And then there was a guy that, that clearly didn't like it and told security. That was the first time I met Jason, the head of security. And they <laughs> told me you cannot say fire Mark Cuban. You can't yell that at the game. This guy said that that he doesn't like it and that you're disturbing him. Right. And I was like, okay, like whatever, no big deal. Up to that point, I had people behind me in my section that were just, a lot of people were laughing every time I did it. And like, we're all having a good time, but I, I do yell it pretty damn loud sometimes. And I, I know it probably feels a little negative to some people right? when I, when I yell it, but this guy clearly didn't like it. My friend kind of got into it with him and was like, "Oh, you told on us called him a bitch." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm in my 40s, man. Like, we're not getting into it with people at the game, buddy. You know, he's in his 40s too." And I'm just like, "No, no, no, no. That's that's not the energy that we're we're trying to be on." But like, they were. He was taunting us a little bit, man. After we had to go back to our actual seats and walk by, and so like, that was the first time I talked to Jason from security. Okay couple days later, I show up to the game. I sold my two tickets and I bought a ticket eight rows behind Cuban. And this is when they played the Wizards. This is the game that started the Spencer, Dinwiddie, Kuzma beef, right? That was, oh gosh, that game. That still just irritates me. That was one of the games where J Kid just shit the bed, final possession. Yeah, like we were that, there. That, that was even place. the one where Luca tried to pass it to Spencer twice, right? Two yeah, plays yeah. in a row. Tried to do the exact same play. That's mm-hmm. that game that I'm eight rows behind Cuban. Okay. So I get in there and that game I went to by myself because I sold my two. It's I think it's a week night, right? It was. Maybe we were there. did? Yeah. Right. So I got a beanie on. I got glasses on. I'm in the matrix, man. Like I'm having <laughs> such a good time. I'm 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 there. And I'm just kind of, you know what I mean? The music's going for the pregame. I'm doing my thing, having fun, and they put me on the jumbotron, right? What they didn't know is that I had a sign in my pocket folded up that said fire mark Cuban, right? So I get it. Look, I got this one. It's basically like this, right? Yeah. yeah. So I unfold it while I'm on the Jumbotron and it says fire mark Cuban though. And I get it on I get it on the Jumbotron for like half a second before the feed cuts away. This is like right at the start of the game, right? (laughs) Within about 45 seconds, I have three security guards standing next to me, like aggressively being like, give me the sign, give me the sign. I had multiple, like I had two different ones and they both had stuff on front and back. And I actually gave them the wrong one. And they were like, I think he had another one that's in his back pocket. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So they took both my signs and said, you can't do that, your sign's too big, it can't say Fire Mark Cuban, and I'm like, what did I do? Why, why can't it say that? And they're like, nope, boom. So I was like, all right, well, I'm definitely gonna yell that shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> So eight rows behind the bench, this may be like five minutes into the game, that hum, I hear the hum that tells me it's my time, right? Where it's just super low volume, and I just stand up, Fire Mark Cuban! Everybody on the bench, Mark Cuban. Everybody can hear me where where I'm at. Right now, it's like 20 seconds. Three security guards in my face, being like, "Dude, you can't say that." They give me, "Damn it!" I wish I had it, man. They gave me like a warning card. I call it a yellow card, and it says something about fan conduct. And he's like, "He's like, if I got to give you another one of these, if I got to talk to you again, we're we're gonna kick you out of the game." And I was like, "Whoa!" And I asked him, I said, "Can I yell other stuff?" Right. I won't yell that, can I yell other stuff? And they said, yeah, but you better not yell that, right? So next time I heard the hum, next time it got low, I stood up, Stein Christian Wood, super loud, right? Next time I n- next time I do it, this is when they're not playing Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy, like so loud, everybody hears it, right? Nobody in my section's complaining, nobody's saying anything. They actually let me go with all that stuff. I did the sign Christian Wood stuff a bunch. But then in the fourth quarter, two different times I got in a sell the team, sell the team. OK, yeah. So that game, that game was wild. That game was a lot of fun. Getting the, the fire Mark Cuban uh, sign on the on the Jumbotron definitely helped me get some more followers on Twitter. And, you know, it's it's fun interacting with people on Twitter. It's fun to to, to get some sort of, um, you know, feedback and engagement. And so I definitely enjoy that. Um, I don't know, like some people just think that, you know, I yell at games for attention or like did it some sort of thing like that. But a lot of the attention is negative, right? I mean, I guess that's still attention, but like I don't have in my mind, like I'm going to do this and get attention, right? I'm just there having fun. And sometimes it does bring attention to me. And I enjoy it when it does, but like, that's not my motive. That's, that's not why I'm doing it is to try to be like, Oh, let me get, let me get followers. Right. Or like, let me, let me get known. Or I want people to see me like, I'm just there enjoying NBA basketball. Right. And this is the way I express myself. And this is the way I enjoy it. So that game, the next game I went to, I went with my three British friends um, and super cool guys. They love to drink and have fun. We snuck down to the fifth row behind uh, right where Nico sits. So Nico's like two rows in front of us. I see security eyeballing me. I'm like, shit, right? Like, I think, I think at this point now they know who I am. I stand up in the first quarter and yell fire Mark Cuban one time, escorted out of my seat, checked our tickets, and we were in our wrong seats. I had my two season tickets, which are, which are lower. And then they had two single seats, which were actually pretty good in, in different spots. And they made them go to their seats but i begged them i mean like i'm super nice when security comes and talks to me i'm just cool i'm just like hey i'm just having a good time like i'm not getting combative and like starting to get in like yelling matches with security i'm just super chill keep my calm just say hey i'm, I'm here to have a good time i don't think i'm breaking any rules so i beg them like please don't kick my friends out they'll go back to their seats and but you can go ahead and kick me out like i get it they had warned me a couple of times they told me not to do it anymore So I kind of had it coming a little bit, I guess, getting kicked out of that game, right? So fast forward to Wednesday, April 5th, for like two weeks, I got it in my head, like, I'm going to get people to chant fire Jason Kidd at the game, right? And so I started this stupid thing, probably spammed too many comments. Um, I think Dalton Trigg, I think it was Dalton, blocked me. And then unblocked me because I apologized or, or you know, something It was just like, you know, sorry, man. Like, I, I probably did throw it in your comments too many times. But I really was convinced I was going to get people in the arena to chant Fire Jason Kidd with me during the game. Fire Jason Kidd. Fire Jason Kidd. Right? Nobody was doing it with me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> So, but I was saying like, Hey, April 5th is fire. Jason kid day. Like it's a revolution. It's a grassroots movement. Like we got to do this together. Right. And I probably went too far with the bit and it was fun. And I, I really enjoyed it, but like, I didn't really get anybody to go with me. So I show up to that game with this shirt on. Okay. My buddy, Alex, Alex in receiving his wife made this for me and I love it. And I think it's a lot of fun. So I wear it to the game. And I have four signs in my pockets ready to go that all say, fire Jason Kidd, right? My, my kids helped color in the letters on this one. Um, <laughs> so we, we're having fun with them. I posted a picture on Twitter of one of my kids coloring one of the letters in, and it got um, a lot of love. A lot of people liked yeah. that one. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I go there with this shirt on. They have this event before the game um sneak easy where it's like this sneaker experience it's a private event if you're a season ticket holder you can get actually no if you just had a ticket to the game you could buy for 40 bucks to go to sneak easy and it's like it's two hours before the game it's down by where they come in like where you see javel mcgee trying to hype the team up like in the pre-tunnel Yeah. like that's where it curved up against and it was nice dude it was a super cool event so I didn't wear this into the arena. I had the jersey covering it, right? I had the the red Luka covering it. So I get in there to the event and now I'm rocking the shirt and I'm wearing the red Luka like a cape. And then they had some little picture thing where you could take a picture and I got one of my signs out. And then five minutes later, I got a tap from security, right? It's Jason again, head of security says, hey man, this is a private event and they don't want you here at a private event with that shirt on. And I said, hey, that actually makes a lot of sense. I understand it's a private event, and if they're not feeling it, I'll happily put the jersey back on, and I'll just go back to the event. So he goes and talks to the lady that's running the event, and she says, cool. So they let me back in the event with the Luca jersey on, hung out and saw all these badass shoes, like probably like 100 different shoes, all these different collections. I'm not a sneaker guy, but it was a badass event. And another cool thing that the Mavericks have done as part of like perks or being a ticket holder, right? Yeah. But they did tell me if I showed the shirt again, I was going to get kicked out of the event. Right. So I'm up in the three hundreds, though, because I sold my two tickets. I wasn't going to go to the game until I started the revolution, went to the game. But I had to tick a single ticket in the three hundreds and I got up to my seat and I was like, nobody's going to chant with me up here. Like the energy's not right. Like ugh, it's not going to happen. So at halftime, I'm on pick pick, which is a great site. And I found a $30 ticket, six, seven rows behind the Mavs bench, right? was like, oh my gosh, love it. For $32, I think, out the door. At halftime, I go down. It's probably like three, four minutes into the third quarter. I get to my seat and I sit down and I'm still rocking the cape and the shirt. I didn't say a word. I didn't yell anything. I didn't make one sound, 10 minutes in my seat, tap on the shoulder. Now, I'll tell you this. When I first got to my seat, I did see three security guards looking at my shirt. They noticed it. And I saw two of them talking to each other and almost pointing. And I was like, they're definitely talking about me. They're looking at me. It's a little awkward, right? But I don't say a word. Tap on the shoulder, security guard up to the tunnel says, hey, we already told you about that shirt. And I said, no, that was just for the private event. Nobody said anything about the game. And they're like, is this even your seat? And I felt so good showing them my $30 <laughs> ticket. They couldn't see it was 30 bucks, but that was my actual seat. And I was like, yes, this is my seat. And they made me wait five minutes. And the security guard was being a little combative, like, no, we told you. And I said, I said, bro, when Jason gets here, he'll tell you what happened. Right. And he's like, no, they told you. And I said, All right. So Jason gets there and Jason agrees with me. And he's been cool through the whole thing, man. Like, he's not overly aggressive. He understands I'm probably not actually breaking any rules, but they said, same thing, man. If, uh, if you want to stay here, you got to put the Jersey over it. So they did not let me rock it. they made me cover it up or threatened to kick me out. So Kyrie went for 14 or 19 points in the fourth. That was one of the most electric games of the season. You guys were there, right? You said,
2: yeah, we were. Yeah.
0: That was one of the most electric games of the season in the fourth, the energy in there. Made you feel a little something from late season last year. Like it was hype on that game. And then the next game, the next day I did go on 105.3 The Fan. The the dude from MFFL um, that's got like 100,000 followers. He took a picture of me at the game before security talked to me. He posted it on his account and he tagged me in the comment. And then 105.3 The Fan called me and I got to be on their morning show the next day talking about the shirt a little bit. So that was cool, but fast forward to Friday night, wake up Friday, go to work, eventually see that they're going to sit all of the players, all of the players are going to sit for the Mavericks. They've given up and it's so confusing. Like, yes, I know OKC had won a game, but like the way they played on Wednesday, the energy in the building, Kyrie going off in the fourth. And then they sit everybody on Friday, even though they, they, I get that they're probably not going to get in, but it just seemed like weird timing. And it seemed like, why didn't they do it on Wednesday? Like, I just don't understand. Okay. So, and then come to find out Luca is only going to play the first because it's Slovenia night. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me, dude. Like, I bet you there's people that came from Slovenia just to see this game. Okay. Okay. Before the game, they had a thing for season ticket holders called Chalk Talk. Chalk Talk, I went to one earlier this year. It's like 200 season ticket holders up in a room that's, that's near some of the Admiral Suites. And they sit you in there. And the first one was Chris Arnold. Chris Arnold was there for like 45 minutes. Told some amazing stories. Talked about being at the Tyson Holy Field where Tyson bit the air. And he was there covering it as a journalist, you know, or as a radio guy or whatever great time and I was like oh that's awesome so they had one for Nico Harrison right we had signed up a couple weeks ago had two tickets to go see Nico Harrison talk for 30-45 minutes at Chalk Talk right they do it on Friday the day the team quit the day they're playing Luca only the first quarter five minutes before Chalk Talk started I'm in like the fourth row and Chris Arnold comes out with Nico Harrison. But five minutes before that, the video got released of Jay Kidd throwing the organization under the bus and saying the organization has decided they've made a decision. We have to go with it. The players aren't happy. The same press conference that got them fined for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That video got released on Twitter five minutes before Nico got up in front of 200 season ticket holders and did chalk talk. And this man, Nico Harrison, spent 30 to 45 minutes talking about how smart and how successful he is and how when Mark Cuban hired him, it was such a whirlwind and he really didn't think about anything and it happened so fast. And they sat there and reminisced about the Western Conference Finals and then lightly brushed off this season as if like, eh, we tried, we'll be back next year, don't you guys worry, and then didn't take any questions and walked out. And I walked out of that, like, I wanted to say something so bad. I had to bite my tongue the entire time. I was trying to give a couple of these, (laughs) you know, just trying to look disgusted, like, trying to be like, Nico, I see you, buddy. Like, this shit is not good enough, bro. And I can't tell you that right now, but you and I both know this is shit, right? And I don't know if he got that, but I think he felt a little, like, That's why he didn't answer any questions. They said he was going to. I can't believe they still did the chalk talk. Like I would have canceled that shit the day that the team quit. So we get out of that. I hop on a Twitter spaces because I just have to rant. My wife's with me. I pull her into the family bathroom and I rant on a Mavs spaces that had like 25 people in it. And just ranted about how livid I was to have to sit and listen to Nico for the 30, 40 minutes that I did. Right. We get out of the bathroom and we're walking. I'm just telling my wife, like, I bet you there's people that came all the way from Slovenia just to see this game. And I see immediately, I see these 10 guys in hats and they all have Slovenia hats. And I just beeline straight for them. Something tells me I got to go talk to these guys. And we end up talking to them. And they say, Yes, we flew 15 hours from Slovenia just to come see Luka Doncic play basketball and I said oh my gosh you know we start meeting we talk for five ten minutes we get this picture with them and then these are the hats that they had on hey. <laughs> so there are 10 guys from Slovenia one of these guys it's his first time in America and a lot of the guys they said the only other time they were in America was when they went to Miami to see Luka versus Goran Dragic, I'm not pronouncing that right. But Goran versus Luka, because he's from Slovenia too. Yeah, he yeah. said they had like 3,000 people from Slovenia at that game. To give you some context, I didn't know this until now, but Slovenia has like 2 million people. Mm-hmm. So for context, DFW, I looked it up, is 6.5 million. That's so like, just to kind of think about that, right? So I'm like, these guys are awesome. We get a huge picture, me and my wife, with them. I go to my seat, I'm in my seat for five minutes, tap on the shoulder, right? Because I, I had got talked to about the shirt on Wednesday. This is two days later. And it's a lady I don't recognize and I don't see security with her. She says, can I talk to you in the tunnel for a few minutes? I go up there and, and she is the vice president of guest experience for the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm looking around like every time security has talked to me, there's been a Dallas PD with them is a little bit intimidating. I think they do that on purpose, maybe. I'm sure it's a safety measure, right? There's usually multiple security guards there. But with this, it was just her. And we're standing in the tunnel. And she just, she has something in her hand with some highlighted stuff on it. And I'm like, oh shit, she's about to serve me with some kind of papers, like terminating my season tickets. Or like, I'm like, she's about to hand me something that's like, here's a decision we've made. But it wasn't. It was just some code of conduct highlighted. Gina is her name. I don't remember her last name, but we had a 10 minute conversation. I explained to her my love of NBA basketball, of taking my kids to games, of sharing it with my family, of being in Dallas. And we talked for a good 10 minutes. And at the end of it, she gives me her business card, her cell phone and says, hey, if there's anything else that you need or that happens at the game, just know you have me as a contact. And she's like, but just to let you know, here's what we think you're, what rule you're breaking. And it's that I'm disturbing the game and, or the fans around me, something to that extent. And I told her, I said, I don't agree with you. I don't think I'm breaking that rule, but I'm just here with my wife tonight. We just want to have a good time. I'm not yelling anything at anybody. When I go with my wife or the kids, I'm just there as a fan. I don't really say, well, I mean, I did this last game, but I'm saying for the most part, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that was that was that was a special day. Um, so, ten minutes we talk. I go back to my seat. We go enjoy the game, and I tell my wife, "Like, damn, we got to hang out with the Slovenians again." Like they told me what section they're in. I know that section, and because of the hats, I see them. They're on the opposite behind the basket. I'm behind the basket in 124. They're over in 113 on the other side, and I see them. I'm like, I'm gonna go talk to them. So me and her go back talk to them have a beer with them. And I said, guys, what are you doing after the game? Are you guys just going out for drinks? Can we join you? Like just invited ourselves along with these guys, right? And I was like, looking at my wife, I just, something about it, I just knew it was special. I knew it was special. And these guys flew 15 hours and were flying back on Monday. So this is a Friday night. They went to the Stars game the next day. Um, But I'm like, we got to party with these guys tonight, right? Your mom's watching the kids. Like, let's just go out and have fun. So we end up going to the bar that's right there by American Airlines. It's called Chop Shop. It's right there. We're partying with the Slovenians. We are having a really good time. I'm not going to be able to drive. Wifey's going to have to be designated driver for sure. And at the bar, I see Mark Folliwell, right? The guy that does the uh, TV for on Bally's. He, yeah. He's a play-by-play guy. He does the show with Derek Harper, right? Mark Fall. everybody loves Mark Will, great guy right and like I didn't know much about him but I could tell that like people liked him right in in Dallas I see him there and he's there with the other guy I think his name is Brian Damaris yeah and he's on like the halftime show he's there with them but I don't recognize him at first I'm like is that a season ticket holder I think I embarrassed myself later and I was like I, you look familiar I was like are you a season ticket holder and he was like, no, I'm on the TV, right? This is after we've already met Mark, right? So the Slovenians don't know who Mark Falwell is, right? So I'm like, I explain to them, this is Mark Falwell. He's on the TV. This guy's awesome. I'm going to introduce you guys. I've never met Mark, but I was just like, we're partying. And this sounds like a lot of fun to introduce Mark to the Slovenians. So I have to wait because a lot of people are saying hi to him. And I see my moment and I introduce him and I say, Mark, these guys flew 15 hours. And Mark just interrupts my introduction and says, did you guys fly to Istanbul? And then from Istanbul to Dallas. And he starts talking to these guys. We end up partying with Mark Falwell for like an hour and a half, like taking drinks. Like the the Slovenian toast is like, and everybody's wearing hats. And we're just raging with Mark Falwell and the Slovenians till two in the morning. Mark left at like 1.30. But like till two in the morning, we shut the bar down and just had a blast. And I was like, guys, what are you doing the rest of the weekend? Can I hang out with you some more? (laughs) Right? Like inviting myself. But these guys are great. But the craziest thing is Mark Faldewell knew so much about Slovenia, like has been there, knew some words, knew some of the regions and had such a special time with the Slovenians and Mark. And they connected. I wasn't even talking to Mark or really the Slovenians very much for the rest of the night because Mark and them were having such a beautiful conversation. And I kept looking at my wife like, like, I can't believe I'm here for this. Like, what is happening right now? Okay. Next morning, I try to tag Mark in some Twitter stuff. And I realized that Mark has me blocked. And I was like, (laughs) oh, shit. He didn't know who I was. At no point did I even think like, oh, I should tell him that I'm the fire Jason Kidd guy or the, the fire Mark Cuban guy. I was just like, this is badass. We're all partying. The Slovenians are here. My wife is here. We're having such a good time. I'm not, I, I don't need to bring that up. That's not the type of energy that, that that was was on, right? So Mark and them had such a special time. I knew that it elevated their experience. They were so happy to bump into him. It was so magical for them at the end of the night. They were like, I can't believe we got to talk to that guy. I can't believe he knew so much about our country. And then I go to tag Mark. I'm blocked. Somehow I I put something up there. Mark figured out that I was who I was at this point and that I was blocked. And now I'm like, oh, shit, I'm blocked. Right. So like we end up going to the game. I hung out with them for UFC uh, Saturday night, even though they weren't watching UFC. But I hung out with the Slovenians for like three, four hours that night. And then on Sunday... It was Easter Sunday. They were going to go to Houston. And I said, don't go to Houston, guys. That's a long-ass drive. I said, go to the stockyards in Fort Worth if you want like real deal Texas experience, right? But they couldn't go to the stockyards because it was Easter and everything was closed. And I talked these guys into going to the game with me on Sunday. They had fan appreciation day, two-hour party out in front of American Airlines Center, my wife, my kids. Kids were getting free face paint. I'm drinking with the Slovenians. We're having a great time. We go to the game. After the game, we go, I tell my wife, I got to hang out with these guys. So she takes the kids home. I'm like, I'm partying with the Slovenians all day Sunday now, because the game was like a a 2.30 start, I think. So we're out on the patio at Chop Shop. And this is, you know, an hour or two after the game. And who do we see walking by? Mark Folliwell fresh from his post game show in a beautiful suit and i just yell out guys it's mark and he turns around thinking like it's just a random fan and then he recognizes the slovenians right and he just he lights up and he comes over and at this point now i see him again he knows who i am and he knows that i'm blocked and i know that i'm blocked so he kind of says something about it and then we just start talking about other stuff but he ended up saying like hey guys i got to go but the Slovenians talked him into having two shots out there and doing the whoop So we did that again after doing it 10 times on Friday. And for 15 minutes, he talked to the guys again, gave his time. And then two different times when he first walked up and right before he left, he had some very kind things to say about me and just said, hey, I appreciate Chris showing you guys a good time and having fun with you guys. And I know you were disappointed about Luca, And it was just this really cool moment for me because." I don't expect Mark Folliwell to unblock me. He probably had me blocked for a reason. Yeah, And he somebody actually tagged him in some stuff that I put. And he was like, hey, we did have a great time. But I don't want to associate or like I don't want to interact with negative accounts on Twitter. I respect that. I respect what Mark Folliwell does. He was so much fun to hang out with. He was so cool to the Slovenians. He had some really nice things to say about me and shook my hand twice on Sunday. I don't expect him to unblock me, but it was a special moment for me to know that like I'm not on just some negative shit all the time. Right. Like I think bumping into these guys was meant to be, but these guys, I think their weekend was better because they ran into my wife and I, right. I think that's just a fact. I didn't do it on. That wasn't my reason for doing it. Mark said a couple of times, like, oh, you showed him hospitality. I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, let me show these guys a good time in Dallas. It was just selfish. I was like, holy shit, we should party with these guys, honey. These guys look like a lot of fun, right? They gave me this hat. The only, so they had 10 guys with 10 hats. They bought them at the airport on the way out. They only left with eight hats. I got one and Mark Follow has the other one. <laughs> and true. I got some pictures with it just so good it was one of the wildest just purest beautiful experiences of my life to hang out and see all this crazy shit happen over a five-day period from the shirt all the way to seeing mark a second time uh coming out of chop shop man and just having that moment right so i took my red luca jersey and i took it off and i gave it to aliage aliage 27 years old hung out with them all weekend, him and his guys. They're all from the same village originally, which is population 370. (laughs) Beautiful people, beautiful people. They're like only 20, 30 minutes outside the capital. Maybe not even that far. Um, They speak good English, you know, like broken English, but you can understand them. Um, Just beautiful people that love Luca, that love their country. And I had a blast with these guys, man. It was so special to me and to my wife. So I gave Aliaj, 27 years old, his first time in the U.S., right? Still lives at home with his parents. I'm sure in his village, it's common until you get married, right? <laughs> like Aliage, man, just like what an awesome guy this was. I gave him the red Luka jersey and I said, I'm giving this to you, but it's just a loan. I'm going to come back to Slovenia and get it because during the course of hanging out with them, they said, you got to come see us in Slovenia. One of the guys owns a bar in the capital, a bar and a restaurant, and he said, we will throw a party for you. Aliaj said his mom will cook for us like a Slovenian meal. He sent me pictures of their village, like drone pictures, just a couple of days ago that I posted on Twitter. Beautiful village in Slovenia. And my wife and I had some Marriott points that we were gifted for our 10-year anniversary, which is next year. We just yeah. celebrated nine years, right? I love you, honey. Congratulations. Just celebrated nine Next year, we looked up the Marriott points and we can use them in Slovenia. Like there's places in Slovenia where we can use those points. And I never thought about going to Slovenia ever. Never occurred to me until I met these guys. And the first night I met them, wifey was looking up hotels in Slovenia, right? So now it's on my bucket list to go visit these guys and to get my red Luca jersey back. Because we just had such a connection. I told you their weekend was better because they bumped into us. But my weekend was exponentially better because I bumped into them you know what I mean yeah. it was just it felt like it was meant to be there was a whole bunch of other shit going on at the same time but to be able to party with those guys and connect with those guys is something that I will never forget for the rest of my life
2: yeah no, no yeah it, it sounds like a, a wonderful time um you know I know me and Will we're sitting at a mere 20 years old and we don't have that kind of money to spend. Um, but we would definitely love to go to Slovenia one time, but, um, real quick, I guess, before we wrap up this podcast, is there anything, uh, that you're planning on doing with the, the account? Cause I, again, I know it's kind of, you know, becoming popular, just kind of taking storm. Uh, is there anything that you're planning on doing with the account? Are you, are you planning on buying season tickets again? Cause at so this
0: point, I, I, you are. I do have season tickets. If you, if, if they, if they lock you in, in March, they give you like a 15% discount on your season package, which is, which is a nice little chunk. So I do have season tickets for next year. We actually at the bar that same night on Sunday, we saw Gina at the bar with three other people. And one of the guys was the security guard that tapped me on the shoulder and had me come out when I had my shirt on. And I shit you not, I introduced them to the Slovenians. We did the whoop with them twice. The security guard that escorted me out in my shirt, And Gina, the VP of guest experience that talked to me before the game on Friday, we saw them at the bar. She's going to Slovenia next year for for some trip. And I was able to introduce them and they exchanged Facebook info. So that was special. But anyways, I do have season tickets for next year. I have no plans for the account because it just happened. And I wouldn't know what to do with a Twitter account. You know what I mean? As far (laughs) as like, I just post a bunch of, I retweet a bunch of shit. I post a bunch of shit. I have fun on there, but like, there's no, I'm not like planning anything. Right. I'm just on there having fun. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I did the last game of the season and I'll I'll give you guys this last thing. The last minute of the game, I did boo them. I got a ticket five rows behind the bench for the last game of the season when we went with the Slovenians and I was down there five rows behind Cuban and the bench and I was booing them for about 90 seconds straight. And nobody else was booing with me. And every player could hear me. Every coach could hear me. Cuban could hear me. Tim Hardaway, when the, the game ended, he was turning his head and looking back and nodding, like, okay, like Tim Hardaway looked like he wanted to knock my teeth out, right? Like it was, I booed for 90 seconds straight as loud as I could as they walked off the court their last game of the season. I don't know that I'll be on that energy next year. Who knows what next season brings? Yeah. But I'm going to have fun within my rights. I don't think I've broken any code of conduct rules at any time that I've been in American Airlines Center, right? Yeah. I don't think I've done anything wrong. So I'm not trying to push the envelope, but sometimes I just get there. I don't know what next season holds, but I promise you, I don't think anybody has had more fun at American Airlines Center the last two seasons than me. I think I've had the most fun in the building for two seasons straight. Even though I only went to like 15 games this year, probably went to like 40 last year, including playoffs. Um, I don't think anybody's having more fun than me. You know, maybe I'm getting too old and I need to I need to slow (laughs) it down a little bit. So I don't know what next year holds, but I do plan on being at games. I do plan on expressing myself in a bunch of different ways. A lot of time it depends on who I'm with. If I go to a game with somebody that I know is down for me to, to, to do some antics, I have fun and I do antics. If I'm there with my kids, my wife, a coworker that I know would be uncomfortable. I'm on good behavior, just enjoying the game, cheering, trying to have a high basketball IQ and see where coach is messing up over and over and over (laughs) again with his rotations, with his out of bounds plays, with what he says in the media, with it not matching what happens on the court being just like one of the worst coaches in the entire nba right who won coach of the year dude for sacramento mike brown yeah mike uh-huh. brown yeah right so they do rank coaches don't they right yeah. if they literally ranked <laughs> them from one to 32 j Kidd does not crack the top 25 on anybody's list in the nba nobody right just <laughs> yeah. like such a bad terrible coach That energy, if he's the head coach next year, which it looks like all signs point to yes, I'm not going to lose my season ticket package. I'm not going to get kicked out of another game. I enjoy it too much, but I am going to still have some energy moving forward for the movement for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think every season is a new experience. So, I mean, man, I think you, you know, definitely stay within those parameters, but at the end of the day, like let the energy take it where it lies. Right. If, the Mavs are back where they were this year. And, you know, however many games under 500 and just an abysmal experience closing to the season, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta match their energy. But if we have that sort of magical run, like they did at the end of the uh, season, the previous season, you know, at the turn of the new year, then you got to match that energy as well, man. So uh, I'm really excited to, you know, see how the season unfolds, of course. and, And that's dope that you still renewed your season tickets and everything, man. We really enjoyed having you on today, Chris. Uh, it was a really fun podcast, man. You told tell yeah, really cool stories. Uh, I would definitely like to bring you on at some point. Uh, you know, we have a lot of downtime during the offseason, especially when it gets into, into the, the sort of just uh, the arid, uh, dry time yeah. that August is where there's just no NBA news cycling through. I'm sure we could bring you on, man, and you could tell one of your other stories or – just look ahead to the season but those fun podcasts nonetheless um other than that guys you guys can follow chris on twitter at mvpluca77 or just search up fire jason kid whatever i'm sure y'all can find him over there yeah. uh make sure to follow us on twitter at mainstream underscore mavs make sure to uh like the youtube if you guys are listening on youtube make sure to like comment and subscribe uh, comment down below which one of your stories that Chris told today was your favorite. And other than that, uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of those other listening platforms out there, we're on almost every of them, uh, make sure to follow us, give us a good rating if you guys do enjoy the podcast. Other than that, we will catch you guys in the next one. We're going to be going every single day until we get done with these player profiles. We're going to be cranking out Jaden Hardy starting out tomorrow.
2: Yes. And we're
1: not going to miss a day. We're not we're not skipping any beats over here, but otherwise great podcast. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Mainstream Mavs signing out. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.